Welcome to Vegan Bites. This is your host, Nate, and I'm glad you're here. I hope you're doing well, whoever you are. So the purpose of Vegan Bites is to provide a short-form, concise, bite-sized, if you will, discussions regarding veganism and animal rights. I'm personally such a huge fan of long-form podcasts and debates on topics such as veganism and moral philosophy. But the problem that I seem to be running into a lot is having the time to spend several hours to listen to podcasts, which I really appreciate, by the way. So this is an alternative for people who don't have the time available so they can have these bite-sized informations and discussions regarding veganism and animal rights. So thank you for tuning in. Today's topic is going to be about veganism as the moral baseline. But what does that mean, really? Say, veganism is the moral baseline. What do we mean? So the basic definition of veganism is directly addressing the issue of animal exploitation. So it's defined as the exclusion of animal exploitation wherever possible and practicable. So wherever possible and practicable. So those two things are extremely important towards the argument for veganism because if we're living in a hunter-gatherer society and we depended on eating animal flesh for us to sustain our life, then it would be impossible and it would not be practical for us to avoid eating animal products because we need these products to live, right? But the argument that we're having now for veganism is that we're living in this day and age where we can go to the grocery store and pick up our ingredients one by one, read each label, and carefully select what we need for our lives. Which brings us to our first point, which is we don't need animal products for any aspect of our life, right? And this is supported by scientific understanding that there is no ingredient in animal products that we cannot get from plants. And this is backed by um, the scientific journal in the American Dietetic Association regarding vegan diets and how vegan diets that are perfectly balanced are adequate for all aspects of life. Perhaps some of the most common arguments that I hear against um, the necessity of animal products is that People will say, what about B12? What about omega-3 fatty acids? And the argument for that is extremely clear because neither omega-3 fatty acids or B12 vitamins come from directly from animals. So we can completely bypass our need to get these vitamins and nutrients from animals by going directly to the source. We can get omega-3 fatty acids from phytoplankton and marine algae, and B12 is synthesized by bacteria. So none of these ingredients that we can say are directly from animals 
come from animals. What is extremely important to understand is that 99% of all the animal products that we consume in this society come from factory farms. And so if we're talking about animals getting B12, right? B12 comes directly from bacteria. And for these animals to get B12 directly, they have to eat outside. They have to eat, they have to drink the dirt waters and they have to eat the grass for them to get the direct B12 that they would get from, from bacteria. If factory farmed animals are living in factories, the only source of B12 that they'll get is through a supplement. So when people consume these animal products and eat the flesh and thinking that they are getting their requirements of B12, they're actually getting the supplemented version of B12, which is actually no different from the B12 that you could get from the bacteria directly. But the important point here is that we can directly go to the source. We can synthesize it from bacteria and use that B12 for our lives. So now let's talk about pain. Pain and pleasure. Animals can feel pain just as much as we do. And that is objectively true. And that makes animals sentient creatures. So sentience is the ability to feel pain and pleasure and have a subjective experience. And so the follow-up question to that is, why is sentience the basis for morality? So why can't it be intelligence or why can't it be language? The reason why sentience is so important to morality and why it's central to it is because if you're, if you're sentient, you're able to feel pain and pleasure, which means you have interests. You have interests in feeling pleasure and you have interests in not feeling pain which is directly related to your well-being. So now let's talk about why intelligence and language are not a good metric for how morality should work. And we can ask a simple question. It's called the name the trait question. So imagine a trait, whether it be intelligence or language, so that exists in humans but does not exist in animals, such that if you take this trait away from the human, will allow you to treat that human being like you would an animal. So let's clarify that, right? Let's say it's language we're talking about. Let's say language exists in human beings, but does not exist in animals. But let's just say for the sake of argument that language only exists in humans, right? So if you take language away from a human being, let's say someone who can't speak or someone who's not able to speak, right? Does that mean that this person does not deserve moral consideration. So if we're, if we're talking about any traits, any traits that we can insert in this, in this debate, in this philosophical question, there is no trait that would end up not taking away our basic human rights. So if we talk about intelligence, if you take intelligence away from the person, does that mean a person without intelligence gets to be treated inhumanely, it doesn't really make sense. So it's not logically consistent. So some people might say, if it's not intelligence, if it's not language, it's just the fact that we are from the species Homo sapiens, so that means we should be valued more. 
which leads us to the assumption that we as humans are superior. Superiority gives us the ability to exploit animals, which is the basic definition of speciesism, as the assumption of human superiority leading to the exploitation of animals. But how is this justified, really? For us to value our species more is just an arbitrary designation for our species specifically. It has no moral or logical backing towards it. So the assumption of human superiority leads us to the exploitation of animals because we think we're superior. And there's no scientific backing or there is no logical understanding to this argument. By what metric are we superior? Even within our species, we have different abilities. But our varied abilities does not mean one is justified more to exploit another. So the only metric that's important in defining moral worth is sentience. If you're sentient, you have the ability to feel. You have the ability to feel pain and pleasure. And you have the subjective experience to choose pleasure over pain. So from the first point that we talked about, we do not need to exploit animals for our survival. There is no need for our exploitation of animals. So if we know that, and if we know that animals are sentient, and that they can feel pain just as much as we do, and that them feeling pain is the only logical reason that we need for us to treat them morally. So what is stopping us from avoiding animal exploitation altogether, wherever possible and practicable? And this is the definition of veganism. And this is why veganism needs to be the moral baseline. I really appreciate you tuning in. This is so new for me, but I'm hoping this would be a great ride. Please feel free to email me or send me messages or challenge my views and opinions. I really welcome that. I look forward to having some awesome new content for you. Uh, so stay tuned and thanks. Thank you.